The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we gather here at this time, let us know that it is with joy we come and claim the prize of resurrection. We know that Bug now is in your hands and he is in your presence, and now we gather here to celebrate his life. His life that made so many friends as evidence here today. His life of joy and humor, knowing as a part of a greater family how to experience the love that he had. Lord, we pray that love will bind us together here today, that we may claim that, and the members of the family may know they are surrounded by love. This church is his church, and we claim that in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We'll have two specials, and now we'll have our, uh, it's our special, um, uh, special music. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, I want to thank everybody from the Cox family, my Helen and my sisters and myself, for the support and love you give us. You can tell by the crowd that it got. Buck knew and loved everybody, and everybody loved him. Buck, Dad, Pa, loved his family, Helen, Kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. He's proud of all of us. We want to thank our mom for looking after dad. She was his rock, stood by him. Pa knew everybody. Their parents, where they worked, and where they lived. He was a people person. He would tell jokes all day. He knew more jokes than any one man I knew of. They always started out, setter, and then he would start his joke and probably tell them half the days. And, and he wrote a book, and I'd love to be able to find that book. Anyway, my sister Annette here started a Real Topsoil Housewives Breast Cancer Foundation in Topsoil Island, raised, cancer, raised money for breast cancer. And she raised a lot of money. But when Pa passed away, they called us and wanted to know if we could donate his organs. Well, he'd been on medication and everything, and none of his organs were any good, and the lady told us all that um, that they would save what they can, and they'd use his skin for breast cancer survivors. They would use it in breast augmentation. And so that was just perfect for Annette's fundraiser she did. And I, I know Buck wouldn't mind hanging out around on some, some uh, breast the rest of his time around. So, so that, it was kind of a no-brainer to do that. You know, so. So, Pa, I'd just like to say rest in peace. We love you and already miss you. Until we hear you say, Seta, love you, Pa. This is going to be a process. Today, I'm supposed to say goodbye to my daddy, the man who loved his wife and children more than anything. 
If you knew my dad, you knew he had a joke for every occasion. I think my cousin Kathy put it beautifully. I wonder what the joke was when Dad walked in. What was the first joke he told Heavens? Our dad was a dad at a very young age. He would do the craziest and wildest things. He always kept us laughing. I'll never forget one night. <laughs> it was late. <laughs> And dad came home and mom was like, Buck, hush, you're going to wake the kids. And he said, I want to wake them up. I got them some great toys. So he woke us up and he had a mini bike and a go-kart. And mom said, we were like, can we ride them now? And mom said, no. And dad said, yes. Mom said, Buck, it's too late. He said, it's early morning. <laughs> we rode those go-karts and race cars and just had the time of our lives. I'll never forget all the trips we made to, to Florida to see our Aunt Ray and Uncle Frank and Uncle Vernon and Aunt Sheldon, Ray. All of you, Aunt Rita, we were all there with all our cousins. And Lord have mercy, you talking about a good time. The cousins had a good time, the aunts and uncles had a good time. And our Uncle Frank, <laughs> he and Daddy loved each other so much. And I remember one night he was running dad through the house, <laughs> always playing something. And me and Cindy and Danny thought, Lord, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Me and Cindy and Danny were all in the back room praying that Uncle Frank didn't kill our daddy. <laughs> but they loved each other so much. It's like the Strickland family. My father loved you all so much, just like you were his brothers and sisters. We remember the Easter egg hunts and going to her lake and going skiing and learning how to ski. Our daddy told me and Cindy one weekend that if we learned how to ski, we could get our ears pierced. I think I drank that whole lake, <laughs> but I got them pierced. We took mom with us and she got hers done as well. As we grew up, our family was not a wealthy family, but we thought we were the richest kids around. We had so much love in our family and such great friends. Our friends love come hanging out with us because Dad always entertained. As the years progressed, I had Cain, and this gave my father the biggest opportunity to never miss any occasion. He did so much with Cain. He loved him so very much. Take him to work with them all day just to show his grandchildren off, and then came Dylan and Dalton, and my father was so proud. He never missed an event if he couldn't help it. He went to all their ball games. He went to every accomplishment our grandchildren, his grandchildren ever had. And then came along Cana. Lord have mercy, she hung the moon. My daddy thought she was the best thing that ever happened. She wrapped him around her little finger and she did anything for her. Then came Brody and then came Marley Mae. And my father was so full of life and he loved his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren so much. At, la at my last registration for the Breast Cancer Foundation, my father was sitting there with my mom, and my dad just started crying. It was me and Kana and Brody, and mom and dad. And dad just started crying. My husband, Daryl, was singing a song uh, by uh, Rod Stewart. It was, people get ready, the train is coming. And Dad just started crying, and he said, I said, Dad, are you okay? He said, I am the blessed man, the most blessed man ever. 
He said, I have the best family. My wife has just been beside me all my life. And he said, and the friends that I have met along the way mean everything to me. He said, I am just full of tears of joy. At that very moment, I knew my dad knew his time was coming and time was extremely precious. My dad had a great relationship with God and he realized that he was the richest man ever. He had a family that loved him and he was proud of all of our accomplishments. A beautiful wife, Helen, who stuck by him and took care of him while he was sick or while he was healthy. We will miss you, Dad, forever, but we know one day we will join him in heaven and we will rejoice and we will celebrate again. So today I say, Dad, you were the best. Dad, you had the best wife and family and friends that loved you so much. The memories you left us will always make us last, make us laugh. So rest easy now, Dad, because when you when we join you in heaven, we're gonna do this all over again. I love you more. Thank you. Amen. Now we'll have special music. As we gather here, we come in the spirit of celebration. As some know, I went to high school here in Harnett County years ago with my father pastoring at Kipling Cokesbury. I went to Harnett Central. And this is a county where faith is important, family is important. And fellowship is important. This is a place here in these um, just beautiful land that God has made that I've seen and witnessed the power of family. And Spring Hill is a special church. It's a church based on this faith, based on the family, and based on fellowship. We come here to celebrate life. I've been down this road. I've lost my father and my mother too. I've had to say the words, and they're not easy, but... God guides us and gives us strength. To all the family listed on the handout, to Helen and to you, Danny, and Cindy and Annette, and all the grandchildren and great-grandchildren and uh, all the sisters and Brennan, just of course Vernon, and those that have passed on to the Lord, we come to celebrate the life of Buck. I asked some questions and wanted to know more and just found out he had a great sense of humor. He made a lot of friends, he traveled a lot, um, and he played a serious game of golf at one point with Vernon, uh, though I think Vernon uh, uh, has had a competition with him. We'll talk about that more in a moment with the nature of God's creation. But it's always a pleasure and a blessing to be part of these moments. They are serious, they're sacred, but also it's a time of joy, but there's many mixed emotions. It's hard to say goodbye. But understand, it is like in Hawaii where they say another word, which means goodbye and hello at the same time. When they say uh, they're able to share with one another and they have the word, which is of course aloha. My daughter stayed in Hawaii for a while and she learned that and told me that they don't have the ability to say goodbye, they kind of say hello and goodbye at the same time. And that's what we're doing here today, is that heaven is saying hello to Buck, and 
we're saying goodbye, but we're connected to heaven. So in reality, he's not really apart from us other than the thin veil that we call life. So here we are on this side of the veil, knowing that he is with God. His faith uh, has brought him home. Our scripture, it talks about this. It's found in Revelation, the 21st chapter. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his people's. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. He said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things. I will be their God, and they will be my people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we gather here and we ask you to bless each member of the family. Let them know that love abides and love is here now, and that their celebration of life for the one they love is binding them to the eternal Lord, let us know that we come to celebrate life and to know the joy of living and having experienced such an important person, one who has opened our hearts to laughter, to love, and to loving you. Lord, we ask you bless us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's also many other things here in this community that I enjoy. I enjoy the nature of how we are able to come together. The strange thing about golf is that golf is never the same no matter if you play the same course because the earth rotates and the seasons change and even the greens change in the placement of the hole. And in many ways, it's a new sport every time you play it. It's a new challenge. Other sports, you have the same basket, the same height, the same distance. Other sports, you have the same bases and you have the same end zone. But in golf, you have this experience that is unique for every time you play it. Not only is the world changing and the conditions, you're changing, your body's changing, you're developing good habits and bad habits, and the ball never seems to fly the way you want it to, and you're going against wind and all types of things. And to know the presence of that joy as brothers and also as family of having fun, of being together, uh, most people that I've known that have driven any type of vehicles and trucks and things are always jokesters. So I think that's where your father, he got that from. My uncle was a trail bus, he was a trailway bus driver, and he had a joke for everything. Um, and it sounds like that is the nature that you grew up in that sense of joy as a family of celebration. Well, when we think of the new heaven, the new earth, I know many in the theology and the thinkings of the church, they try to describe it as some utopic uh, scene that unfolds that doesn't relate much to here. But I see it in a different way. 
I see it in that newness of life that we see every day, just like that a course that changes, life changes, and opportunities, they open up. And the new heaven is opening because God receives new people. He receives new children, and the children go to be with him. And so when John is writing about this revelation, he's describing the unfolding of heaven where we are becoming part of it. It's not just there and we're going to visit. It's not Rome, a city in Italy that we may see as a tourist. There's no tourist in heaven. There's only residents, and as we know from Scripture, citizens. And that citizenship is bought by Jesus when a person is a part of a church and they become part of a fellowship. And Spring Hill is such a place that now has claimed its own. And so here we are in this place claiming a new heaven that is set before us. And John has seen this and he says, the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Now, what does he mean by the first heaven? Does he mean the garden? Does he mean the garden where we, of course, have that story and some theologians feel that is the reference that is made there? But I think it's the idea that somehow we can have heaven on earth. We lose sight that God has a better place for us. Because the truth is, we're mortals. We only live a certain number of days. That's why on the headstone, there will be a birth date and a death date. But in heaven, there is no such. The only date there will be is the date of deliverance into the presence of God. And the first earth is a course where we are. These have passed away, he said, and even the sea will be no more. And he describes this city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And he says, see, the home of God is among mortals. So many people live their lives and never believe. So many people live their lives and never laugh. They go through each and every day searching for reason, always trying, striving to survive in the answer of living. They search for the knowing. Often they keep going. We have to know there is more. And that more is life and life eternal. And it really comes down to this question. Why is it we love if there is not more? Why is it we live if there is not more? The psalmist talked about this. The ancients talked about this. We are the most cursed people on the face of earth, or either we are the chosen. Either this is true, what I am presenting, what the gospel shares, what Buck believed, and now he has died into. It's not just hope. It is truth. And that truth is what connects us. I had this revelation after my mother passed. It dawned on me, I was feeling so sad, and of course, that is natural. I have a doctor's degree in grief. It's so normal, the grief process. But after she passed, it was like a month later, it just came to me in an epiphany, a moment of great truth. I realized that when I prayed, my mother was standing right beside my Lord. It dawned on me that every time I said a prayer to the Lord, she was in proximity to hear 
what I was saying. In other words, she was closer than she's ever been in that realization, that moment I have. So every day, I encourage the family and friends to think, what would Buck say about this? Vernon, next time you get a hole in one, ask that question. What would Buck say about this? He would say, you got another one, huh? Because Vernon's got a few of those. Every day, live with that newness of life. How, how would he feel about this? Say you're going to Sanford, over there to Ron's Bar. That's a great place, by the way. We, I tell you, we Methodists love it. A few Baptists love it, too. But next time you go over there and you get near that um, Seminole, is that name of that little intersection there, Seminole? And somebody crazy is coming from Broadway. Just what would Buck say about this? Because I guarantee he'd have something to say, wouldn't he? See, you, you, you carry that, that joy. It's infectious. And that joy isn't just his sense of humor. That joy is confidence and belief in a living God and a faith. That's what John is saying here. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. And we know the presence of God because God does this in the presence of this we're going through, grief. God wipes away every tear. God goes to the source, and he takes away our fears and our tears and our years, and he replaces it with our hope and our trust in him. And Jesus is saying, I am making all things new, even on the words of our stained glass in the back. When you go out, you can look above you as you walk out. Those are the Greek letters Alpha and Omega, the last and the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And that's what Jesus says. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. One of the great things I learned in my studies of Greek counseling and being with people in times of loss is often in this world we look at things as beginning, middle, end. That's why people have a hard time with closure, because they don't want it to end. So beginning, middle, end. It's like we don't want it to end, so we pretend it's not ending. And that's denial, which causes all sorts of issues. I think most of the troubles we face in life are, are, are unresolved grief related to us not dealing with sorrow and loss we've had, and I know it's hard. And what this book taught me and what the class taught me in particular in the many classes is that instead of beginning, middle, and end, the reality is it's ending. Every day you live is one day closer to your end, right? Every moment you live, we're finite. We have a clear beginning. We have a clear ending. So every day is an ending. Then there's a transition, and that transition is going from here to wherever we're going, and that transition is a new beginning in God. So in reality, what we learn to properly grieve and to properly deal with loss is today is ending, but a new day is about to dawn. They had a chair uh, in Independence Hall up in uh, Philadelphia at the founding of our nation. You know, when he had many founding fathers, each one a character. Each one a special person, many with great senses of humor. George Washington did not have a great sense of humor, but Benjamin Franklin did. And Thomas Jefferson, he did too. And there was a chair there that they were sitting in and they were discussing the nation. And on the back of the chair, one of the carpenters had carved a sun. And the sun was there on the back of this chair. And then someone said out of the uh, different delegates, they said, is that sun setting or rising 
And they started arguing about it, like all politicians do, started arguing about is the sun setting or rising. And some were saying, well, it's setting on the English empire and it's rising on the American empire. And others said, it's not, it's just a noonday sun. And finally, uh, old Benjamin Franklin, he kind of stood up and he started laughing. He said, uh, what are you talking about? That sun's rising. Can't you see it? We're it. We're the new nation under God. See, we see what we want to see. Do we see the end? Or do we see the beginning? Do we see the passing? Or do we see the promise? What do we see? Well, I think it's evident we see love. We see hope. We see peace. We see truth. We see family. We see all the elements that make up an eternal kingdom with an eternal God who has just brought one of his children home. See, write these words down. They're trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water from the spring of the water of life. This is a place of spring right here. Hence, spring hill. <laughs> um, first church you ever served was at Windblow. Yeah. Over in the Sand Hills. Some of you may know where Windblow is, uh, over next to Cander in Montgomery County, over in the Sand Hills. And one Sunday I was running late to church and I run up there to the door and a big gust of wind come and blew my sermon out of my you know, Bible, blew it through the peach trees. And I'm out there chasing it and every time I'd about catch it, the wind would catch it. And I finally give up on it and I come back and I'm a few minutes late and old Bobby Long's at the door. Bobby, every church got a Bobby Long. And Bobby Long's at the door. And Bobby says, a preacher, he says, I saw you running around the field over there. What you doing? I said, I'm trying to get my sermon. He said, that's interesting. He said, you don't really need it because you need to get better and you, you don't need that sermon. You need to start preaching a little bit. And I said, I just don't understand it. He said, that's why they call it windblow. This is called Spring Hill for a purpose and a reason. And the scripture says, a gift from the spring of the water of life. And that life is eternal. Those who conquer, and Buck has conquered. He's won the race. He's fought the good fight. He has conquered, will inherit these things. And this is the part that means so much. I will be their God. And they will be my children. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts that we may grow in grace and know your presence in this place. Be with the family and let them know that this grace of a new beginning is here and now. Let them celebrate the life that is set before them and live every day in connection to that life, knowing the separation between there and here is not that far. Bless them in the needs that we have. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen.